Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Oh, Each your inside pass to everything Saints football. Jimmy Graham brings it down, and that is a touchdown, New Orleans! We'll take you to places most fans never go. To practice, to the sideline, to the locker room, following every twist, turn, and touchdown of the Saints season. That is going to be a touchdown! Taysom Hill! Taysom TD! Welcome to Inside Black and Gold. And that is going to be a touchdown again. And guess who? Mike Thomas. Now, here are your hosts, Steve Geller and Jeff Nowak. Oh, baby! Welcome Inside Black and Gold. Steve Geller and Jeff Nowak gearing up for week 10 of the NFL season. Our black and gold taking a road trip to Minnesota. We're not quite ready to break all that down yet. We got plenty of other Saints stuff to get into. How's it going, Jeff? Good. I'm, uh, this is the first time in a while we've had like a home schedule that we've been able to do a kind of a midweek like catch up episode so that like, I can actually look back at the game and have time to like assess it and then talk about it to people, which it's kind of nice. I, I, I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it. Hold on yeah, one second. I, Let me... I, I even uh, I like the fact that, you know, we were able to record the day of the game, which, you know, post game kind of thing. And that's typically not the easiest thing to do with our schedules. Yeah, it's just nice to be able to react in real time as opposed to yeah. like, like I don't know, kind of that like gut reaction is kind of nice. And when I have to do it the next day, I don't feel like I'm giving people the right level of angst <laughs> that um, should exist in that scenario. But yeah, so this this episode, I want to kind of, you know, I went through the film. I have some notes on that. That'll be in the second segment. This first segment, I want to answer some some questions because that this has been an interesting week in terms of there are a lot of decisions made in that game that people have questioned, that we've asked Dennis Allen about, that he's answered, that you don't have to agree with the answer, but I'm going to tell you what he said and and whether you know whether it makes sense or not. Um, so we're going to get into that, you know, stuff like why go forward on fourth and inches? Is that the smart move? Whatever. We're going to do that. And then in the final segment, I just want to get into a topic that is kind of, I don't know, near and dear to my heart in terms of it annoys the hell out of me. It's like, should Saints fans be happy right now? Should they should should there be this level of of just vitriol toward every single thing that happens? You know, whoa, the kicker misses another kick, cut him immediately. Anyone is better. Eh, is it anyway? Stuff like that. It, 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 I just I don't know. You're talking about a five and four team that's leading its division. Yet if you went on social media or you kind of just went on a you know Saints Reddit or whatever, you would assume that the season is in flames. And anyway. We'll talk about that. But the, the first thing I want to get into, and, and this is a topic that I was actually kind of surprised about in terms of, uh, you know, I think that Dennis Allen would typically be criticized for being too conservative when it comes to fourth down decisions, punting from the 39 yard line. He's done that twice in the last two weeks. I hate it. I hate everything about it. It actually worked this week, but I still hate it. But this week, fourth and inches, you're up seven. You're at the 17-yard line. And he decided to go for it. And, you know, like one thing that annoys me is, is from an analysis perspective, 
and I've talked about this at length. For example, no one complained about the Rashid Shaheed deep shot on third and 13 because it worked. Right. And if and, in, and just conventional wisdom would say, why don't you just run it, force him to use a timeout, and then and then kick it and make him drive the field down eight? Well, the Saints went for it, and I didn't hear a peep about how that was the dumb decision, right? And here we are in fourth and inches. What's the what's the success rate on fourth and inches? It's got to be well above fifty percent, probably closer to eighty in terms of all you have to do is you know put the ball down, put the ball in your chest, and and plow forward, you know. I have I think in in my personal opinion I think the analytics would back me up here anytime you are in plus territory and a field goal is not going to give you the lead if you have the lead or it, like like it's it it's not like the the win loss scenario the the risk reward scenario that's what I was going for it's on your side you have the lead either way you are deep in their territory go for it like I if he had kicked that field goal it's like yeah sure you go up 10 I would have hated that decision. So just because it didn't work, I am not going to say it was the wrong decision. I am going to stay consistent and say, I want him to go in that scenario. I don't want to see these cowardly field goal attempts from inside the 20. Anytime you have fourth and inches in the red zone, you should be going for it. Now, there's some differing opinions on whether you should, but personally, and I think analytically, I'm going to tell you that that's the right call to make. I definitely didn't have a problem with either, either the scenario and especially to me, you're at home. And I, I think you, you can take a little bit more of those gambles when you yeah. you are at home and you, you feel like you have that, that home team advantage, obviously. So, yeah, and, and like you said, you're ahead in that situation. I definitely wasn't uh, critical of, of the team in that spot. Yeah. And, and so like the question, like it's just it's an, it annoys me because it's a low hanging fruit. But the bigger question is, why? Why didn't you get it? Right. Yeah. And so. You know, first off, I think they got hosed on the spot twice, which that's another situation. I don't think that you should have challenged it because I don't think they would have overturned either because you're it's so difficult when it comes to spots on the field, even though right. the, the refs actually did change a spot in this game on a challenge. But when it comes to spot, particularly in the sneak scenario where it's just impossible, you're not going to have a point of reference in any video clips. So it's like, oh, where's the ball? Where's his knee? Where's his ankle? It's impossible. So. Once they don't give it to you, you're pretty much just out of luck. But, you know, so the question becomes, why sneak it? Uh, There's a few questions there. It's, should Taysom Hill be the one who sneaks the ball, first of all, when you're going to run a sneak? and Or should you run a different play, right? Should you run QE power? Now, one thing that is important to understand is, in those situations, a lot of times you will see the offensive team run up to the ball and snap it quickly. Because the defense doesn't have time to get set. They can't sub, whatever. For some reason, the refs stood over the ball and prevented the Saints from doing that. But the Saints didn't sub. So the, I almost said Colts, the Bears weren't allowed to sub either. Taysom Hill wasn't on the field for that third down. So the Saints' plan was, okay, we're going to get up to the line quickly. We're going to run it because... You know, that's typically a way that you can get those plays done a lot easier. Those are much more difficult plays to execute when the other team is able to stack the line with the big guys and and whatever. So in order to get Taysom Hill on the field, you would have had to sub, which would have allowed them to sub. So if your goal was to run that sneak play with with, with some pressure, with them having to rush and get lined up, then you couldn't have Taysom Hill on the field. So, you know, just in the sense of if that was the goal was to catch him off guard, 
that prevented Taysom from being on the field. The other thing to consider, Taysom Hill does not take snaps from under center. And that quarterback center exchange, I think people take for granted how easy it is to execute. Taysom Hill just doesn't do it. When he's on the field, when he's playing quarterback, he's in the shotgun. That's how he receives the ball. So for him to go up there under center, that's the first time he's done that in how long? Uh, Actually, I can tell you, the last time they tried to do it was week 15 against the Falcons. Fourth and inches, very similar scenario. They tried to sneak it with Taysom and win the game. You know what happened? He fumbled. So, like, I think you're thinking about that when you're talking about, okay, does it make sense to put him under center? And I've had people say, like, well, they should practice it more. And I'm like, sure, maybe. Maybe they should practice it more. But it's impossible to practice that scenario. You don't have defensive linemen trying to blow you up in practice. You're not allowed to do that. You don't have that level of contact in practice. So the only way to get that live rep would be to do it in games. And that happens so infrequently that you would always be going into it worried that he's just not feeling comfortable with that snap. And when you're in those situations, it's very high leverage. It's either you get it or it's a turnover. So is that the situation you want to be putting Taysom Hill in there with the idea that's like, I don't feel really comfortable with this right now because I don't do it very often? Probably not. So to me, that putting Taysom under center is a non-starter. I think that if you're going to go for that, you put Taysom in and run QB power and, 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 and get it done until they stop it. Um, because I think that you have a better chance. I mean, percentages-wise, probably sneaks are more effective. I just don't think Derek Carr is particularly good at sneaks. Some quarterbacks are better at than others. And I don't think that's a strength of Derek Carr's. And so would you be better off going with Taysom there? Probably yes. So that's a long way to get to the, to the idea that if I'm running that fourth and inches play... I want my best fourth and inches play. I don't want to rely on, oh, they weren't able to get set quickly. I want Taysom Hill in there. And I want Colin Saunders as the lead blocker. And I want to see, it's like, can you stop Taysom from getting three inches? And if you can, good on you. But to me, that's where I land. I think it was a good decision to go for it. I question the idea of a sneak. Yeah, especially a, a quarterback you know that was dealing with a shoulder injury earlier this season. I was surprised yeah. they did that in general just to put Carr even in that risk. I, I know it, you know, we see that all the time from QBs doing this in the NFL, but yeah, I haven't uh, really delved into Carr's, I guess, success rate as doing the QB sneaks. But to me, it obviously, it, it seems like Taysom would be that perfect fit there. <laughs> it just, it goes. It seems to go hand in hand, obviously, but makes sense that they couldn't make that substitution at that point. They could have, but then, like you said, you're giving the Bears also the opportunity. Right. If the idea was you're going to gain an advantage by going fast, then yeah, you couldn't right. stub and also go fast. So, I mean, I understand. Like, I'm just telling you what Dennis Allen said. I'm not telling you that it's the right way to go about it, <laughs> but I do agree with the idea to go for it. The other, the other interesting decision that we asked about was third and two down at the goal line. I'm sorry, fourth and two down in the red zone. The Saints opted to accept a holding penalty and knock it back to third and 12. And a lot of people will say, well, why? They were going to kick a field goal. And Dennis Allen, if you ask him, will say, I think they were going to go for it. And there's a few schools of thought there. I kind of think, you know, I, I actually, some I had one person commenting on YouTube saying, no coach is ever going to go for it there. They're going to kick the field goal. And it's like, I don't know if you haven't watched football since like 2006. 
But coaches go for it on fourth down all the time now. It is not an unusual thing, particularly in a game where you feel like you're probably going to struggle to score some points. They know they're not going to win that game kicking field goals. And the Saints hadn't stopped them all day. Why wouldn't they go for it? Anyway, I actually think that you're probably correct, or Dennis Allen's probably correct that they were going to go for it. But the question I have is, wouldn't you be better off trying to defend a fourth and two than a third and 12 in the sense that if you stop them on fourth and two, then you prevent all points? So I think... I think the equation there is different than people are looking at it. Like, I don't think you're, you're saying it costs them four points by punt, punt, pushing them back. And I don't necessarily agree with that because I think they were going to go for it. But it did cost you a, a chance to get off the field with zero points. And I would much rather take the odds at zero and stopping them on fourth and two than third and 12, where best case scenario, you stop them anyway and they kick a field goal. So, you know, I I, I understand the logic behind accepting the penalty, but I yeah. also don't think that it's the right decision. See, I was okay with it just for the fact that uh, I figured too, obviously Chicago's going to go for it. They got nothing to lose. They're trying to, you know, do whatever they can yeah. to get, you know, points right now too. Like you mentioned uh, any opportunity down there. And with the saints though, it's like, for me, it was that Chicago run game was having so much success early on. Sure. I kind of, I kind of understood the, the pushing in the back and, and taking the yardage, but that, the, that was definitely something that ignited social media immediately when that when that occurred. Yeah, and, well, but it, it, it's funny because like I don't, I I kind of agree with the idea that you shouldn't have taken that penalty, but not for the reason that everyone's saying, which is like they were going to kick a field goal. I don't think they were. Right. I mean, again, like we talked, like talked, like for the same reason, I think going for it on fourth and inches is the right call. I think the Bears would have looked at it and said, "Yeah, we're down in the red zone. We don't get down here that often. Let's let's score a touchdown." Um, and you know, it's funny because a lot like the, the logic you could use to say third and 12 is better off is they have a rookie quarterback and you're putting it in his hands, in his hands, and you want to force him to try to make something happen, right. try to force a ball into coverage and throw an interception. I mean, he threw three in the game. He probably, he should have thrown one earlier. Cause that touchdown to Cole Komet was literally just, I mean, he threw it to Tyron Matthew, and Cole Komet caught it through Tyron Matthew. <laughs> which Cole Komet had a great game. I'm a big Cole Komet fan now. I didn't, I didn't even know who he was going into the game. Really, all I knew is they dropped a bag on him a year ago, and uh, Brian Kelly coached him at Notre Dame. And man, he's good. Uh, anyway, um, but like that's the logic that makes sense. Is okay. I want to force the rookie UDFA quarterback right. to make a play. And unfortunately for the Saints, he did that in the way that is driving everybody, including Dennis Allen, nuts. In the Saints tried to rush him. And as they rushed him, it was four guys trying to get a sack and not four guys trying to rush the quarterback. And this time, you know, I posted a tweet of, of Brian Brzee, and he had a play. I think it was it was in the first half. I think it was the second drive. It was actually the drive that uh, Paulson Debo got the interception. On a ball, targeting Cole Komet. And in that drive, it was second and 10 down by the goal line. And he's trying to spin move. He's trying to get upfield. And he just gets pushed all the way to the right. Malcolm Roach also goes outside on his defender. And you just leave this gaping hole, 20 yards, right? And I don't want it to seem like I'm just... And like I think that was a rookie mistake by Brian Brzee. And that's one of the things I'm pointing out. Like One of the reasons it's tough to get him on the field more is because you see mistakes like that. And you, you need to avoid that. But... I don't want that tweet to make it seem like Brian Brzee is the only one who was screwing up. Because on that third and 12 play, uh, Carl Granderson, Tano Passanio run a stunt. Carl Granderson goes inside, Tano goes outside, and Carl, he needs to stay in that rush lane. 
But instead, he's just head on fire trying to get after the quarterback, and he ends up rushing online with Brian Brzee. If you go back and watch that play, Brian Brzee and Carl Granderson are literally stacked. And then there's just giant hole for Tyson Bajan to get out of. Mm. And like, you know, we can quibble with a lot of decisions. We can say, man, this is a problem and he shouldn't have taken that penalty. But at the end of the day, what the hell was that? You know, like what, what kind of, what kind of play are you making there? Um, and so like, that's why like Dennis Allen goes up to the podium and he kind of sounds pissed off about a win. And I, I understand it. Cause I'm, you know, you Absolutely watch that back right. and you're like, what the hell? Yeah, it was definitely frustrating uh, from so many aspects. And you didn't even bring over, obviously, uh, we mentioned this in the postgame show, five takeaways and you only win by seven. That doesn't compute. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> it, and, and and again, like that fourth and inches call, that's a part of it, right? Like if they get that, if they convert that, right. then it's definitely another three points, probably another seven. Um, that field goal, right? So you're looking at it and saying, man, if they just converted on that fourth down and didn't miss a 47-yard field goal, they have 30 points on the board. And suddenly we're talking about, okay, back-to-back 30-point games from this <laughs> offense that couldn't crack 20 for the first half of the season or the first six weeks of the season. So, you, yeah, I mean, so week five, week... Yeah, since week five, you would have scored 30 points in three games. So in three of your four... So I, I, I don't know. Anyway, um, like I, I think that's also overplayed in the sense that you won by a touchdown. It's not like... It, you 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 had to scratch it out like they never even they they didn't run a play so I looked this up <laughs> right you did I, I, okay I was gonna say I know you mentioned this uh, that they didn't cross the fifty after half I think it was the the two forty one mark in the third quarter wow. not only did the Bears not cross the fifty there wasn't a single play run in Saints territory other than a kickoff. Think about that. Like every Saints play was in Bears territory and every Bears play was in Bears territory. Wow. <laughs> Which is, I've never seen that. That's crazy. Like I've seen games where like the Raiders game where the Saints shut them out. I don't think they crossed midfield until the fourth quarter when the backup right. was in. Yeah. But like the Saints ran plays on their side of the field, right? <laughs> like that's crazy. Anyway, um, one other thing that I do want to get into before we move on to the, to, to the film notes is the question, are the Saints going to work out kickers? And Dennis Allen was asked specifically about that in his press conference on Monday. And he said, no, or at least, you know, I take that back. He, he didn't rule it out. And, and so let's just play that audio right here. Listen, I mean, this, this grown, grown man's league, you know what I mean? And so we're not worried about anybody's feelings right now. You know, um, look, Blake's got a job to do. He's got it. He's got to kick it through the post. Um, and he understands that. And, and look, it's, it's, it's the whole operation. There's a lot of things that go into it. A lot of times everybody just looks at the field goal kicker and did he, did he make it or not? You know, there's a lot of things that go into that. You know, you got a snap, you got a hold, you got a protection, you know, so a lot of different things go into that. So, um, and, and I've seen some, some really good kickers in our league uh, that you know have had some inconsistencies as a rookie, and 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 teams move on from them, and they go to different spots and have great careers. So, um, look, we got we have confidence in in, in Blake and and. Uh, um, what you're hearing there is, a, no, what we've seen is not acceptable. It's got to get better, right? Like that's the first part, and. They're not going to keep Blake around. 
just because they feel bad for him and he's 12 years old. <laughs> he's an adult, regardless of the height, weight. Uh, and, and when you see him next to NFL players, he looks like a toddler. But you got to get better, right? And, and, and I think that they do think that he will get better. And one thing that they've said multiple times, Mickey has said this, Dennis has said this, is that rookie kickers kind of struggle at points. And then you've seen so many examples of a rookie kicker getting passed on by the team and going on somewhere else and having a lot of success. And, and he's not wrong. But that was the deal when you, when you brought in a rookie. And that's the frustrating part is it's like you're looking at it now and I understand why people are annoyed, but like, that's a rookie kicker. You're, you're talking about a rookie kicker. And that's why when they went with a rookie kicker, I was like, why are you going with a rookie kicker when you don't have to? <laughs> like, like we talk about it as if like they're in the position that the Packers are in and Mason Crosby retired after 20 years and they're like, well, we got to figure out something now. You didn't have to do that. You chose to do that. And that's what pisses me off. That said, I don't think they're going to bring in kickers, at least not this week. I think this week up in Minnesota is huge for the future of Blake Groupie as this New Orleans Saints place kicker. Because if he goes up there and misses, you know, if he misses a 50-plus yarder, fine. You know, it's like we're, it's our fault for putting you in that situation. He had a 55-yarder this week. He was, he hit two in, in New England. So we know we can do it. But if he goes out there and he misses again from like 45 or 39 or 29, and he just looks like he's in his own head, then you have two weeks. You know that bye week, you better be looking at kickers because you can't you can't afford to lose games because of that. And so, like I think this is kind of his 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 if he goes out there and looks atrocious in Minnesota, <laughs> I think he's done. I was gonna say what's so atrocious to you would it be just any miss below fifty? Nah, yeah, I mean it's it's tough, right? Like. <sighs> It's 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 more just about like the confidence I have in him as a kicker. Right. Like he can say he's nine for nine on PATs, but I watched that ball go off the upright. That doesn't make me feel good about it. <laughs> right. That 55 yarder, he hit it from a ways out, but it was not it didn't split the middle by any stretch. Right. Like uh, I want to see him do what he did in training camp, which is, man, no doubters. Um, And like because I don't want to have to wonder when I'm in when I if I if I if I need a kick to win a game. And I, where's that target line going to be? Yeah. Right. And that's the thing. They put that on the field. They put that on the field, but they only put like the maximum distance on there. They don't put, okay, I, I, he can make it from this far, but I'm pretty sure if we don't get him within 45, right. You know, and, (laughs) and that's, you can't be there. And that's, to me, that's the difference is I want that confidence level to be high so that in the game, and, and this is a big thing. And I don't think people think about it this way, but this is a huge thing. It affects how you manage the game, right? Like it affects your decision-making from a play-calling perspective, from a head coach perspective in terms of go for it, kick decisions, right? You, it affects how you go about the game, and the game plays out differently when you trust your kicker versus when you don't trust your kicker. And I don't want to for this team to be in a situation where, okay, we, we would have kicked that if we thought he could make it, but we just watched him miss from 47, so unless we can get him on inside 42, I don't want to kick it, you know? And, and part of that's on Darren Rizzi. He's going to have to make those decisions. All I know is they're not bringing in a kicker right now. This week is not the week that they're going to be trying out kickers, but they're going to have, if, if he has a rough day in Minnesota, that's going to be a long two weeks to sit with it and be like, yeah, this is the way to go. So that's, that's all I got there. And that's, I think that's, that's the answer to the question right now. Are the Saints going to bring in any kickers? 
as of now, no. no. But yeah, I agree with you totally. If this if things go awry in Minnesota and Groupie looks gross again, then yeah, we'll we'll be hearing about during the bye week. You think you'll be chilling and enjoying your your cell your downtime, and it'll be like, oh, I got a I got a report about two three kickers coming in to work out. Right, right, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not a lot of Groupie groupies. Right, um, no, for sure. You know, the funny thing is the other thing that's actually bugged me more so than the misses themselves is that they've come indoors and. It, the the missing Green Bay, you could be like, God, oh, it's outdoors. He's not used to dealing with wind. It's a natural grass field. You know, it's a little different. His first miss of his career, I think. <laughs> um, and then, but the last four, which four? He's missed five kicks in in nine games. You can't do that. And I'm pretty sure um, still, still the, the shortest miss of the NFL season, too, I still believe. Yeah, twenty nine. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, and and so you, I, I just think like that's to me that's the biggest concern because you play so many of your games indoors. Like if you had a kicker and you were like, yeah, he's he struggles in the wind. He's not doesn't do it a lot, so it's not the strongest point of his game. But you get him inside and he's automatic. And for a team that plays indoors, I can right, live with it. Right. But there's no excuse for missing indoors. Like what the air conditioning was too high. You know, like the the breeze from you know some of the yelling is kind of and no, that doesn't exist. So you got to be better. Um, and I I'd like to think he will be, but the problem is I just have like it, you, you saw, you know, he missed that kick at Green Bay. He went up to New England. And he made those two fifty yards. He was the NFC friggin' special teams player of the week. Right, you're uh, dead on. Right, and then it's like oh, okay, okay, you know, good. Like he he missed that, but he bounced back. Great. And then it next week in Houston, it's like what the hell. It's it's almost feels like he's had a miss in just about every game. I'd, I'd have to look at it though. I know that's well, not right. Right, he didn't miss in New England. <laughs> um, but yeah, he that's missed one, two right. against yeah. the Texans. He Wait, missed obviously week yarder. one he didn't. No, or week two. Um, he didn't miss against the Colts, but he only had one attempt from like twenty yards. Right, out. right, exactly. Um, so he, yeah, so the misses. I, I can tell you the misses. I remember the misses. Right. So he missed from, I want to say it was 48 in Green Bay. He missed from, I think it was 52 in Houston. That was in the first half. He missed from 29 in Houston. That was in the second half. And he, missed, right? he missed again from 50 plus against the Jaguars. And then he also, the extra point in the second half, clanked it up the upright, but it went in. But I remember it. It's still in there. Still, still, still <laughs> rattling around. Um, then what, what the next week was uh, the Colts. And again, so he didn't miss that. And then in this game, he hit from 55. And then he missed from 47. That's those are those are all of his misses. And, you know, when you when you look at it like that, it's like, okay, yeah, kickers aren't going to make every kick. You know, Um, it's the 29 and the 47. Not so not in the 48, obviously, because of the situation like those are the ones that have to be automatic. I can, I don't really care. You know, I care, but I can understand it's the cost of doing business when you settle for a 50 yard or sometimes you miss. I cannot, you cannot accept missed 47 yard field goals in clutch, in clutch moments. No, but it, like we heard from DA, it definitely seems like they're going to, they're willing to stick with the rookie through some of these growing pains, I guess you want to call them. I don't know. Yeah. yeah and I mean, we, we can, we can move on. We've talked about this for a while, but again, yeah. like, and it's, I think I said this after the game, it's like the idea, like there's people out there like, I oh, just cut them, just get rid of them. Anyone would be better. 
And I need you to understand that that is not true. That is absolutely not true. Um, like it's like 2021 never happened and people have completely wiped it from their brains. But I remember it How vividly. Yeah, right. I remember Cody Parkey missing multiple extra points in that game in Washington that the Saints won. And they got cut on the way home. <laughs> like I remember that. So, so it can 1000% get worse. Um, and I, like the Saints are not going to change kickers unless they feel like they have no other option. And right now, I think they they have the option to stay the course and they're going to do it. No, so yeah, stick with being a groupie groupie for now. And then if things go awry with Minnesota, then maybe the pitchforks and flames can come out. It's an exclusive club right now. <laughs> but all right, let's wrap that segment up. We're going to come back. We're going to go through some film notes. Um, you know, we, there's a couple more questions that we didn't get to in this segment that it would work that will work well there. So let's do that. This is Inside Black and Gold. I'm Jeff Nowak. He is Steve Geller. You can check me out on Twitter at Jeff underscore Noak. He's at Steve Geller WWL. You can follow the show at Saints underscore pot. You can also follow Steve on the radio at WWL AM 870 FM 105.3 and uh, always on the Odyssey app. You see, see right, right there, right there. Ooh, that um, landing. Yeah. And obviously, WWL.com is a place you can go on the internet. There's stuff there. You know, maybe there's games. There isn't. Um, but <laughs> there's no games. No, there's no games. But you can play games on your cell phone while you while you end up there. So it's basically like we have like Minesweeper and stuff like that. You know, like we that play, old pinball. You remember that old pinball game that was on like the, all the computers? There was like Minesweeper free cell in that yes. weird pinball game. Yes, I, I was good at that. I still never. I was terrible with Minesweeper. It always pissed me off. Did you ever? Did you not know the rules? I did, but I still was never good at it. <laughs> all right. Yeah, that's a loss. I, I, I don't think I don't think any anyone on TikTok is gonna be like also knowing the rules of Minesweeper. So it's like one of those things that we have as a, as old people. Yeah, I was um, more of the snake, the snake and solitaire guy. Snake. I remember the snake <laughs> on my old brick phone. It's the only thing it could manage. Anyway, this is inside black and gold. Stick around. <laughs> <laughs> 